Welcome to the Hoops and Recreation podcast. The NBA season is just around the corner and just like the players, it's pre-season for us too. I'm your co-host for today, Matt, and joining me this week, the biggest thing in basketball to come out of the year 1985, Mark. Kawhi Leonard has twice as many finals MVPs as he does career triple-doubles. I knew I shouldn't have sent over those stats. And our sixth man of the year every single year, Wardy. Hey, dudes. We have a great episode for you today with lots to talk about, so let's get started. Guys, we're back. How's uh, how's the summer been? I hope you guys have been enjoying yourselves in Cancun and getting your reps together. And uh, how's the summer been? It's been a little while since we last done one of these. It's been great, you know, a bit of time off, but I was craving some basketball. So I'm so glad to be back. Craving some basketball. Craving, I like that yeah, one. craving. Mark, hope you've been getting ready for the new season. I mean, pre-season reps when you're, a, you know, a professional podcaster like myself is just straight reading facts, figures, statistics, just nonstop. <laughs> you know, that's how I knew that Kawhi Leonard yeah, statistic. Yeah, of so, yeah, for me, it's just study, study, study. I don't yeah. really take a break. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, kind of like the Kobe Bryant of podcasting, to be honest. Nice. Well, I, I've been trying to uh, live my greatest Paul George life. I've been, <laughs> been out there fishing, been out there fishing with my dad been getting getting the occasional uh reps in when i can doing another podcast on the side like doing he does po- well. exactly doing another podcast yeah. on the side yeah, yeah, yeah physio's pretty much all done after breaking my leg last year so i feel like i am pretty much paul george between the fishing and my leg healing up i feel like i'm there you're almost the same person exactly, like, genuinely exactly. Tell the i'm just a yeah. little i'm a little bit shorter but other than that barely noticeable exactly yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. people say that to me all the time well uh <laughs> Uh, anyways we shouldn't get too distracted we're going to jump straight into it today because yeah this is our first pre-season episode this uh, uh there's gonna be we're gonna have two pre-season episodes kind of similar to what we did last year when we first started the podcast i know last year we had a first episode where um we did a little bit of a review of the and one documentary if i remember correctly didn't we god that was a long time ago wasn't it oh was that our first episode the and i think so i think i think wow. both of them came out at the same time i think both mm. episodes came out at the same time so we did yeah. the the kind of pre-season predictions yeah. in the and one episode and we're doing it kind of similar this time around where this episode's going to be a little bit of a summary there's no and one documentary to review this year but uh we're going to do a little bit of a kind of summer summary uh, in pre-season episode one you like that one then mark well, well you could have just said summary like that would have been okay all right. <laughs> yeah all right all right if you'd have been studying as much as i had then you'd have got that hey, hey i can't study and fish at the same time my hands are too occupied but uh <laughs> and uh yeah episode two of our pre-season we're going to do the same as we did last year with our pre-season predictions so yeah tune in next week to hear us make a fool of ourselves again and then we can reference any semi-slight correct predictions we make for an entire season. So you guys have lots to look forward to with that one. Um, but we're going to start today's episode off the same way as we do with most of these episodes, and that is our one-word headlines. Every single week, I present Mark with a series of NBA headlines, and Mark then replies with a simple word or phrase. Mark, I know you've been doing a lot of reading. Have you also been practicing your uh, your one words over the summer? Uh- I spent at least 25 seconds putting these together, so I think I'm ready. Nice, nice. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll get straight into it with headline number one. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets have waived former first-round pick Kai Jones after uh, tweeting that he wanted a trade. A.K.A. the GOAT. Honestly, I'm speechless. I love his confidence. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Check dear. my highlights. I'm the GOAT. Wow. 
honestly. Well, uh, talking about someone that does already have more highlights than Kai Jones. Headline number two, uh, Wemby scores 23-4-4 in his preseason home debut against the Miami Heat. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Uh, headline number three, ESPN have released their top 100 players ahead of the 2023-24 season. And of course, Giannis, Jokic and Embiid have all made the top three. The NBA takes another Euro step. Ooh. I'm counting Embiid as French in this one because, he, you know, he, 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 he basically not sure is he's not French, American, Cameroon. Like, he, he's got options, that guy. Uh, headline number four, Reebok have announced that Shaq and AI are president and vice president of basketball for the brand. Let's get Sean Kemp in there as general manager as well. <laughs> all the stars, all the Reebok stars. And last but not least, He's doing it already, but headline number five, Dylan Brooks has been fined $25,000 for recklessly making contact with Daniel Tice during a preseason game. Dumb Dylan, Tice shy. Honestly, I think he must be the first person in NBA history to be fined 25 grand in a preseason game. I have no idea what was wrong with him. He got him right in the stones as well, didn't he? Yeah, honestly, he did. Tice was a little shy after that. That was... uh... His voice went Nasty up a couple one. of octaves yeah, after that octaves. one, yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like for, for for episode one after the whole summer, Mark, you've you've smashed that one. Well done. Yeah, the last one, yeah, I think was the you know my favourite. Yeah, I, I like collection there. Yeah, anytime I can get a song reference in, it's a bonus, isn't it? Hey, there we go. Shows that you've been studying not only basketball stats but also uh, song lyrics over the uh, over the summer as well. And uh, talking about summer, now we've got our one-word headlines out of the way. We should probably talk about uh, probably the biggest news story uh, that has happened over the summer and that is of course the Damien Lillard trade um, I feel like Wardy out of all of us you probably have the most invested into this story so uh, I'm going to be coming over to you in just a second but in case any of our listeners uh, are living under a rock and have no idea that Damien Lillard is now with the Milwaukee Bucks um Spoiler, it's happened. So uh, we we did say during this episode we wanted to do a little bit of kind of a a summer recap and it has actually been quite a quiet summer. Other than a little bit of Team USA basketball, there's just been huge what-ifs, right? I feel like the whole summer, the two stories that have been looming over the NBA are, is Damian Lillard leaving the Trailblazers and is James Harden leaving the 76ers? We still have no idea, day of recording this episode, we still have no idea about what the hell is happening with James Harden, other than the fact that uh, he likes to publicly shame um, Daryl Morey and every opportunity he possibly has. But uh, we do know that Damian Lillard is now with the Milwaukee Bucks in what seemed to have absolutely come out of nowhere. Just to quickly recap what the uh, trade was. The trade saw Damian Lillard go to the uh, Milwaukee Bucks um, it was a three-team trade where the Trailblazers then received DeAndre Ayton via the Phoenix Suns. They also got Tumani Kamara uh, and Drew Holiday, plus a 2029 first-round pick and two first-round pick swaps with the Bucks. And the Suns received Grayson Allen, Keon Johnson, Nazir Little and Yusuf Nurkic. Um, very, very quickly afterwards, we did see Drew Holiday then move on to the Blazers, but we can kind of talk about that one in just a second. For now, let's just talk a little bit about uh, the initial kind of reaction to the trade. Wardy, 
Were you a happy man when you saw this one or not so happy man? I was happy because uh, if anyone can remember last season, I went in the trade machine for the first time ever trying to get rid of Chris Paul and Aiton. And I, I actually couldn't find anything better than that. So <laughs> for me, that's a win for the Suns. Um, it, it came as a proper surprise because all the chat was around Miami. It just felt like a certainty. And then all of a sudden he's gone to the Bucks, and then... I found out uh, the Suns were involved as well. Um, I mean, what the Bucks gave up nothing really. Like they've just upgraded Drew for Dame um, and hadn't really managed to get give up too much depth. They still got a great starting or four out of their starting five. Yeah, that, that's amazing. And I think that the Suns did well getting Nurk. He's going to be solid. He's obviously not as talented um, uh, with a high ceiling as Aiton, but he's going to fit much better. You know, he's not going to be a me, me, me person. He's going to fit in, do his job. Um, still a little bit worried about rebounding for that team, but, you know, it's okay. They've rounded out the roster with Grayson Allen and um, Nazir Little. I think they're really good. Um and then I think Portland did brilliantly. They set themselves up to see what they got with Scoot and the young guys um, while keeping their options open. So I think all, for all three teams, that was actually a really good trade. As surprising as it was, it actually turned out well for everyone. Yeah, I think uh, I agree. Uh, I know you were saying there about the fact that you're still a little bit worried about the Suns um, rebounding with Nurkic. I think for you guys, although you might not have necessarily got a better centre, you've now got yourself in a position where all you've done is just get rid of one star, which sounds like it's a terrible thing, right? But when you're a team that has three superstars already, actually just getting rid of someone that was a little bit of a, I suppose, diva on that max contract, at least now you've replaced DeAndre Ayton with a role-playing centre who can do exactly what he needs to do during the regular season. And then when it comes to the playoffs, you have the option with the players that you've got with someone like Nazir Little, who showed some really, really good play with the Blazers last year. Um, you now have the ability to go a little bit small with KD at the five, and you don't have to worry about not playing DeAndre. And the Suns aren't going to be criticised for benching Nurkic against, say, the Nuggets. They are going to get criticised if they don't play their max contract young player so I feel like now you, you've just put yourself in a, a better position despite having a slightly worse player yeah and they specifically got Nurk to meet up with Jokic as well like just like someone that can bang with him and at least give him a little something I mean they're ex-teammates as well they've played a lot because they're in the same uh, same conference same division it's yeah uh, it's a really really smart decision um, I wouldn't say Aiton was a little bit of diva. I'd say he's full tilt diva. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. It, I'll say, it's too, far it, too it early went, preseason yeah. for me to be slating players too bad. That's all right. These are ex-sons now. You can, you can go for oh, it. But okay, he okay. walked into his press conference and said he was dominating Aiton. And it's just, wow. You need, <laughs> you're gonna, you can be dominating on a team that's worse than the team you left. That's fine. You go for it. He, he Nobody has ever called him dominating ever again he he walked up and said that like it was his nickname like a claw or something you know like nobody has ever <laughs> called you that before bro you've just made that up well we were saying on the group chat weren't we like you don't give yourself your own like the only person that can give themselves a uh 
a nickname i think mark you said it was like kobe's the only person that can give himself a nickname other oh yeah than that. other than that like just wait until you're given the nickname like you can't just rock into a a new team a press conference and say yeah i'm i'm still i'm pretty sure he said i'm still dominating as well it's like when were you ever him in the first place <laughs> but hey you sure. haven't dominated anything <laughs> No, but he hasn't. He's never, never dominated anything apart from the headlines for the wrong reason. Mark, how did you feel about this trade when you first saw it? I think everyone was obviously shocked by the fact that it was the Bucks when, like you said, Wardy, it was Dame requesting to go to Miami. But what did you? How did you feel about this trade when you first saw it, Mark? I'm super excited for Dame because I think it's a, a great team for him to be a part of. It's a great organization, and he, we've never seen him play with anybody like Giannis before. So I think that's super exciting. Like. I think Dame said it in his press conference. How are you possibly going to guard that team? Like, you have to double Giannis. And then you've got Dame, who is a really high clip from three. You've got Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, who's a really high clip from three. Pat Connaughton, who'll probably be the other starter. Again, really good three-point shooter. It's like, so there's always going to be someone open. They've got so many weapons now. And I guess Middleton won't have to close anymore, which I think we saw last year, like, he looked like he wasn't the player he had been pre-injury. And, he, you know, and with age, that might be happening, but he doesn't need to be anymore. He needs to be fourth option, which is perfect. I think he can do, still can contribute, um, you know, to that team in that role. So, yeah, I love it for Dame. Um, I think the Suns had already done their big bit of business, you know, getting Beal. So to to move Aiton and to get um, not only Nurk, who you know is a is a good strong center, not very good defensively, but will probably offer about as much offense as DeAndre Ayton did. But having a bench as well, Grayson Allen's a good little player. Yeah, again shoots high clip from three. Um, good defensively, he's somebody. Both of them are, are players who will pull their sleeves up and and work hard. So and Nazir Little is a good player as well. So I, I think yeah, it's a really good move for them. Um, and Portland got back as much as they could. Like they they did really well with that getting eight in it. Obviously they had Scoot. They knew they were going to build around Scoot um, and Anthony Simons as well. So ni- nice little team they've got there to to move forward with. They probably you know they might scrape the planes or something like that. Anything can happen depending on how Aiton plays, I guess, <laughs> or uh, and depending on you know the the relationship that him and him and Scoot are able to build up. I'd like to see them do well. Like I don't think they're going to be any worse than they were you know with Dame there. But what they've got back with all the draft picks is a really good deal. And then moving Drew Holiday for Robert Williams yep, and a whole load more draft picks as well. Again, really, really good deal. And in fact, did Malcolm Brogdon move there yeah, as well? Yeah, I was just about to say, we'll, we'll have a little look at what the pick, uh, what the um, full trade package was because um, as soon as this Dame trade happened, the straight away, after everyone had realised, like you said there, Mark, how on earth is anyone going to guard the uh, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, especially where I saw a projected lineup of Dame, Chris Middleton, Bobby Portis, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez, I thought, Jesus Christ, like other than Dame being like just over six foot, that's got to be like some the, the, the tallest four-man rotation in the league. Like how on earth are you going to guard that? I'm sure Bobby will come off the bench. I'm absolutely yeah, sure. Yeah, no, 100%. I'm sure that I think they'll almost be crazy to put all of that height in the starting lineup. Like they've got to kind of stagger it a little bit. But uh, as soon as the dust settled with that, straight away, everyone kind of thought, surely Drew Holiday's not staying with the uh, Trailblazers. And... There was all sorts of different rumours. I unfortunately 
fell into the trap of thinking, surely this is where the Clippers sweep in and uh, get our, our third star or fourth star after being linked with James Harden for the entire summer. Hang on, you thought that you were going to trade who? Westbrook? No, but there was a lot of there was who a lot did you of, think you were going to trade same, for Drew Holiday? The, the same kind of package that everyone's been saying for Harden of numerous players. What is that package? Well, I'm pretty sure it's a combination of um, Marcus Morris. There's um, Robert Covington in there, Terence Mann. There's a couple of other players. That there's a good kind of three, four, five players that are involved in that trade. I think Norman Powell's in there as well. But uh, I've not been happy with everyone saying that Harden's apparently coming to the Clippers for the entire summer. However, I was going to be very happy if we saw Drew Holiday coming over to the Clippers. It didn't happen, though. I to, there's no Clippers news coming on at the minute. I have to mention the Clippers at some point in our first podcast. Don't look at me like that, Mark. Oh, well, the, well, those trades are terrible as well. Like, Drew Holiday's a great player, but I don't know where he plays in that team. And then, same with James Harden. Like, Harden, Westbrook, Paul George and Kawhi. I don't want it. I don't want and it. And Zubac just standing there like, what am I, what am I doing here? I don't right, want just, it. I'll just rebound, yeah. So it's Greens. But anyways, I was uh, I I saw you a couple of weeks ago at um, a sneaker event, Sneakerness in London, uh, and I was talking to previous um, guest Dav, and uh, I was saying to Dav, "Yep, hundred percent." This was maybe like midday. I was like, "Yep, hundred percent." Are like the Clippers will always pull something out. They haven't made big enough moves this off season. Clippers always pull something big out. Hundred percent. The Clippers are uh, going to get Drew Holiday. Two hours later, we saw breaking news from Woj that uh, Drew Holiday had in fact gone to the Celtics and Skills who was with us again shout out Skills previous guest of the podcast was very happy because at the same time he was telling me no I was stupid of course he was coming to the Celtics so the trade looks like this Uh, Drew Holiday has gone to the Celtics and in exchange the Trailblazers have got Malcolm Brogdon Robert Williams the 2024 first round pick via the Warriors and the 2029 unprotected first round pick via the Celtics so yeah like you mentioned there Mark the Trailblazers have got absolute like shed load of draft picks from this and they've now got uh, uh, another very very good center and Malcolm Brogdon there to kind of give a impart a little bit of wisdom on Scoot Henderson which I'm sure he's going to appreciate so uh I think that I tell you what let's, let's kind of break this down a little bit because now this kind of brings us onto a whole new um uh, kind of subject of everyone was saying after the Dame trade that that the Bucks were the absolute clear favourites in the East. This Drew Holiday trade to the Celtics could have swayed a couple of opinions. Wardy, do you think that the Drew Holiday trade has put the Celtics back up there as potential favourites in the East? Or do you still think that maybe the Bucks and Lillard are maybe favourites in the East? I think you still go Bucks because they've only added one massive piece and haven't given up much at all. Whereas uh, you, you got to remember the Celtics also brought in Paul Zingis as well. Um, uh, and they've lost a lot of their depth with Robert Williams in, in terms of um, that defensive presence and a bit of size because Paul Zingis doesn't do that. You know, Al Holford is 50 something. Um, you know, I, th- I, I think you still put the bucks in there they've got much more potential. They've got the bigger stars, you know, Tatum and Brown are good, but they're not Giannis. They're not Dame. You know, um, I like it. I I think they've done great and they'll be nipping at their heels. I I think they're going to be one and two, but I think you'd be daft. I think the consistency they're going to have this year with one of the greatest players of all time added is 
is far bigger than just adding Drew Holiday. But Drew's going to be great because he's going to be steadying for for Brown and Tatum in a way that Brogdon wasn't uh, and a way that Marcus Smart wasn't. But yeah, they, I, I don't think they're going to be the favourite. I, I think that will be the Bucks to lose. They are the favourite. In the, the GM survey results just come back. I don't know if you guys saw that, but they, they are the favourite. Um, the Celtics and Nuggets are favourite to win the chip this year in the GM survey. That GM survey is never right, by the way. Like, <laughs> one, one, one GM vote for the Clippers, just so you know. That, that was who number five was. One, one, they got one vote. And I paid them a lot of money to do that. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm assuming that was probably Steve Bowman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think... It's going to be very close between them. I think the Celtics probably got a better bench still. Robert Williams wasn't doing that much last season. Um, I think he's a good player, um, but previously had had better years, didn't do that much last season. They managed to hold on to Derek White. So they've still got um, kind of a nice six-man rotation and they've got um, a few younger players coming through. Paul Zingas, his playing is going to, like how he performs, that's going to have a massive effect on whether they're successful or not you know you you and wh- how that fits together they've they've um in preseason they've had him at five a few times um you know kind of with a smaller ball lineup which which seems to work quite well when he's playing a four i mean you're going to have him al horford shooting threes uh you know and and space inside for tatum and brown as well you they could play five out like with, with the the unit they've got so uh, i'd hate to say it obviously but I think it's going to be neck and neck between those two in the East for sure. And I, I won't, I won't push you for an answer either because I don't want to spoil next episode with uh, obviously actually making our predictions. So I think I guess we'll find out next week if you think there's neck and neck between those two. I guess we'll uh, we'll find out next week as to who you're actually putting in your number one. I'll watch a couple more preseason games and then see yeah, whether that's going to make, see, yeah, yeah. see whether that's going to make any decisions because I saw a couple of early preseason games with Paul Zingas and he was looking. Like he was playing very, very well. And it is a very, very different situation for him where you would we put Drew Holiday ahead of Porzingis? Yeah, I think so. Like career so he's achievements. Now, he, he's now gone from ultimately what a New York was he, say, number one kind of option there. I think to... he was maybe one. Uh, yeah, maybe when Mello left, he was probably one. Yeah, at the Wizards. He yep. was, I oh know, no, Beal was there, wasn't he? So he was yeah. two at the Mavericks, he was two, but now he's probably three, I was four, say, isn't he? he? He's dropped from being a one or two option in all his other teams to now being the fourth option. And that's a really good position for him to be in because there is now zero pressure on him. Uh, despite the fact that we're saying that he is really going to be, I think, weirdly, the make or break of the Celtics because Jason Tatum's always going to play well. Jalen Brown's always going to play well. Drew Holiday is going to be amazing on, on defense. And, and again, he can also show that he's got flurries of offense as well. It really is going to be down to Porzingis as to whether or not if he can gel with those other stars. Now, all of a sudden, it's a dangerous team. And I think a lot of these other teams... Uh, I know I mentioned earlier with um, the Suns potentially playing KD at the five in the playoffs. I feel like every team now is identifying that they're going to have to run through the the Nuggets at some point. Like whoever ends up even in that Western Conference final or in the finals, they're going to have to run through the Nuggets. That's why the Suns can't play KD at the five. Or, or, Or is that not the better option? Jokic will murder Kevin Durant. Yeah, uh, yeah like Durant, will have, Durant will pick up too many fouls. Yeah, but Jokic is going to murder anyone. 
Yeah, the point I'm making is that Durant will be sitting on the bench. Nah, because he'll be sitting on the bench with fouls. Well, if he fouls out, then yeah, that's that's his own fault. But the point I'm saying is he's pretty much (laughs) going to murder anyone. So so it's almost like, uh, and again, I was talking to Dab about this after we heard about the trade. It's almost like a lot of the other teams that are kind of in contention are just just packing players into their team that can shoot from three, knowing that if you do end up facing the Nuggets, you just, like you said, spread around the three and try and get him that way because Jokic isn't going to come out and defend you at the three-point line um, and you can't really stop him on offense so you might as well just kind of almost ignore him on offense and if he kills you he kills you at least if you can get some kind of points back on the three on the other side but again we're going into we'll talk a little bit more about this next week I don't want to spoil too much of next week's episode but yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting with Drew going to the, the Celtics and how that team now looks as a unit. Um, the, the East is stacked. I saw Joe Mazzula on um, the JJ Reddick podcast. Yes. And it was just before the Drew Holiday trade. Um, but he said they wanted Paul Zingas because he's a curveball. They said they yep. didn't have a curveball before, someone who could do something different and that Paul Zingas offers them something you know that they didn't have. Like he's got that that mid-range game he's got that high post um game he can shoot the three he can come off pick and rolls which he you know hasn't done for probably since he was at new york so he gives them different options to what they've got in the team already and again like we said you could play him at five you can play him at four but he offers something different so he can be a floor spacer or he can be there might be times if you know uh jason tatum's on the bench that Pazingas might be the first option depending on who they're playing against so it's going to be interesting to to see how it all looks to get together but they're going to be fun and I think with this as well um, focusing a little bit on the Trailblazers I know we were saying earlier about they could be quite an exciting team but I I think they've just become now a team where there's almost like top to bottom just players that I really like other than kind of DeAndre Ayton and you never know he might just become an, <laughs> he might become an absolute monster this season you never know he might actually become dominating this season but I just feel like they've got quite a fun roster like there's no one on mm. that roster that I'm just thinking oh like when Dame was there last year again love Dame as a podcast we absolutely love Dame but we kind of knew looking at their roster last year that Dame was stuck exactly where he was now that Dame's got out of there and he's in a place where he can now start pushing for a title all that leaves is a Trailblazers team that has zero expectations and if they do good they do good if they do bad they're probably still going to have some fun highlights throughout the year so I feel like that's put them in a really good position as well to build around Scoot and see what happens with Scoot moving forwards I saw that uh, Stephen A. Smith has, has picked Scoot as his rookie of the year over Chet and wow. uh, Wemby so uh, I think there was a little snippet I saw on Instagram or something I might have just completely misunderstood it but I'm pretty sure he said that he would rather take Scoot or uh, Scoot over Wemby or uh, Chet as Rookie of the Year. So if that's true, this could be a fun year for the Trailblazers. That guy talks a lot of rubbish, but it'll be interesting <laughs> to see. Um, there's like legitimately probably the three best, potentially best race that we've had. Uh, you know, we haven't had a, a good race like that because when Chet and Wemby played each other the other day, you could tell already that Chet was trying to prove a point immediately. So I'm pretty excited to see how it goes. This probably moves us on quite nicely to talk a little bit about preseason because we have been able to actually see some basketball over the last kind of week or so with some preseason games. And I suppose we should probably start with uh, Wemby and probably start with that first game against OKC. Um, And all I have in my notes for that game is the first game against OKC was two seven foot beam poles flexing nonstop. 
and that's all I have on my notes for that game. <laughs> I don't, don't know whether exactly you guys saw any. It's a pretty accurate review, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but you're absolutely right, Mark. The two of them were at each other and it was just a pre-season game it was Chet going down one end huge dunk uh I think we saw Chet put the tweet out after the game where um everyone was putting the highlight of of Wemby kind of flooring Chet on, on that one play and Chet came back and said yeah a headbutt's a pretty effective move so yeah. uh, they're already going at it with this kind of narrative of who's going to be the the rookie of the year I think that's going to be really interesting throughout the season yeah, and they'll get to play each other like three, four times as well. So I'm sure that um, NBA TV won't miss out on any opportunities to make the most of those. And hopefully they both stay fit. Like, that's the main thing. I think we all missed out on seeing Chet last year. I'm quite excited to see how that OKC team improves again this year with the massive steps they took. Um, and hopefully Wemby will, will stay fit as well. Like He, like, he has been fit you know, in his uh, professional career so far, people worry about his size. The guy's 19, man. Like, he's going to be all right. He's going to get bigger. And, yeah. and Chet as well, you know, he looks like a proper beanpole. But again, he'll be able to hold his own. But those guys will be fun this year. I, th- I think really finding it interesting seeing some like the, the Wemby interviews and things this over the summer i don't know if you guys saw the interview where he was like the nba's easy like when i was over in france i was the uh, i was the gm i was the coach i was the player like he's basically said how much responsibility he had outside of the court uh, and now he's like yeah i come to the nba and everyone does all this stuff for me all i need to do is go out and play i think it's gonna be quite interesting to see his kind of come to jesus moment i guess as every player ends up having at some point in the league but uh yeah, he, him straight away coming out and basically saying how the NBA is going to be easy is uh, it was a little bit of a mad one. Um, Wardy, have you seen any of the, I'm sure you probably have seen some of the clips and, and been watching highlights of things like this. What have you thought of uh, Wemby during the first couple of preseason games? I, uh, I think it was against Miami. Yeah, uh, I, I watched a, a big highlight package and he looked brilliant. He looked really good. He, he can do a little bit of everything and that's the, the thing that's really stood out for someone who's what, seven foot four and a, a bit awkward looking he does things really well and I think that's his experience of playing against like grown-ups you know for, for a season not playing against his peers um he's obviously learned a thing or two from having veterans around you know he's like had a, a a good start to his NBA career by having a similar you know experience uh, playing in France um he he just looks like he knew what he's doing he looks in full control um, he looked like he knew his limitations as well, because obviously he is he's very frail compared to like an NBA player who are generally just enormous people. But he used those to his advantage. I saw a ridiculous play. Uh, he's gone over the back of a heat player. I think probably one of the guys are going to wave. Um, and he was what bottom of the circle of, <laughs> from the top of the key. And he kind of thrunks it in over him. And then the guy looks around at the court and he's like, what just happened? Thomas Thomas Bryant was like, what has happened here? What on earth? There was a couple of standout plays from that Miami game. There was one where he uh, did a Euro step and his first step started before the free throw line. And there was another where he asked for a lob as he was running past the three point line and caught the lob dunk straight away like you don't realize how big seven foot four is until you saw him until you see him do things like this like you hear about Giannis for example having his gathers for his euro steps like at the free throw line and then you see 
Wemby again. You, you mean three point line when you're saying free throw line, yeah? Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. I do my gathers from, from the free throw line. <laughs> but yeah, like it, it's it's mad to see how big someone could be. I don't know if you guys saw the picture of um, Wemby back to back with Reggie Miller. And it was like Reggie Miller <laughs> six foot seven, and he looked like a child. <laughs> it was mad. I was like, that can't be nine inches, man. No. Like, Wemby's either bigger or Reggie's shrunk a little bit because that looked insane. Wemby also does that thing that Yanis does where he does a move and then you're like, oh, he's going to lay that. Oh, no, he's dunked it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, don't, you don't think there's a dunk there and yet, and then suddenly he's just got this extra kind of reach and just manages to throw it in. You're like, oh, okay. That's because his arms, one of his arms is as tall as I am. <laughs> yeah, That's and his hands are like the, 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 the width of your body. Yeah. Like, yeah, he could probably palm you, just pick you up. Yeah, hundred percent. I know. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I might be a little bit heavy for his little uh, little arms, but yeah, hundred percent. Like he could just wrap me up in a ball and just like throw me like a marble. He's yeah. probably like a monster, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. that's the Sean Bradley. But yeah. it's so weird yeah. watching guys that big dunk because they go to give it like a real, you know, real emphatic slam, but they're too, their feet are too close to the floor. They let go of the hoop and they fall an inch. <laughs> so like, yeah you don't quite get the the impact and it's just a weird thing but watching him and chet together um you know like banging on each other for each other around it's like watching two weird nerdy kids have a fight you just stand around <laughs> going what they what they do like what are they doing like, no one's going to get involved because no one's worried about anyone getting hurt just oh the two the two nerds are fighting. I, I but... was the other way around. I was worried about one of them getting hurt. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and also because I think Scoot is like, I mean, we talk about a man. Like, Scoot mm. is huge. Oh, isn't Jesus he? Christ. Like, yeah. yeah he's, uh, he's got arms like LeBron. He's absolutely massive, like, super athletic. Um, yeah, de- definitely looks like he d- he has a place in the, in the league uh, and plays like it as well. But like the body type, the, the difference between Scoot and Chet and Wemby is, uh, is chalk and cheese. Um, the other thing I took from uh, preseason so far, Chris Paul has been starting um, yes. for the Warriors. I know it's because Draymond's out, but it's in- been interesting to to see. And that looks like that dynamic's going to work really well. Like he's he's slotted in pretty easily. They're two wins over the Lakers from from what I've seen. So they're, 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 they're doing all right. Mm. They're doing all right so far in preseason. More importantly, massively, Kawhi Leonard's fit. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> don't, don't want to put a hex on it. No, I don't want to talk about it. No. Uh, as much as I joked earlier about the fact that uh, I had to bring the Clippers in, in, into this conversation somehow, um, I, um, you know how obviously New Year, New Me, New re- New Year's resolution, I'm thinking about a new season, New Me, new season resolution. And uh, I'm going to have zero expectations of the Clippers this year because last year I fully expected that we were going to do amazing and it went terribly. So uh, new season, new me is the Clippers aren't even going to make the playoffs and maybe we'll win the league. I've also uh, read that Malcolm Bogdan favourite destination is the Clippers. I'll take that. 100% I'll take that. But I'm also just thinking you guys end up in trade rooms for everybody. So yeah. Yeah, I can't see I can't see Harden happening. I just don't. Moving it on, I assume you guys don't take Harden to the Olympics next year. He's nowhere near that team though anymore. Oh, absolutely not. No, 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 no. no. 
No, 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 no. Um, although it does seem like the stars are out following the Team USA situation, obviously over mm. the summer. It's, it's been a little while since this episode um, kind of is dropping, but uh, the Team USA did not even medal at the World Cup. And uh, we, we've had the dream team. We've had the redeem team. I don't know what we're going to call this team, but it does seem like Olympic, the Olympics 2024 uh, is when Team USA once again have to come back from embarrassment and uh, try and win gold at some sort of major event because it does seem like every big star has decided to declare for the team next year. Do you so think it's embarrassing that they didn't medal at all? I think for I I think for team I think for American citizens <laughs> and basketball <laughs> fans it's yeah. embarrassing, but I yeah. don't think it's embarrassing in the sense of like this is just what i think because of the fact is basketball and the u.s have always dominated basketball i feel like it is maybe an embarrassment that way but i'm if i'm comparing it to like football for example there have been years where spain have clearly been the best team in the world and there have been other times where brazil's clearly been the best Mm. team in the world and there are other times where germany's clearly the best team in the world like these nations will have a crop of players that are really really good and then they'll kind of get old and then the next proper players oh. from the other country will come in we don't see that with the u.s italy winning the euros and then not qualifying for the world cup exactly exactly yeah, like it, it's something yeah. in football it happens all the time rugby again it happens quite frequently as well the um, difference being in football the best players always go and play whereas this time the best players from most of the other teams although uh, you know actually like slovenia didn't have their strongest team no um canada didn't have Jamal Murray and didn't have Wiggins you know and they still done pretty well the US absolutely didn't have their strongest team so I think that's probably one of the the biggest differences Wardy do you think it's embarrassing Uh, I don't think it is because you've put you haven't put a good team out so did you think you're just (laughs) going to win because you've got USA across your chest yeah you didn't have you've got great players but you can't put those players out there expecting them to gel your LeBrons, your KDs, they're the ones who can make it work. Your, your Bridges, Bobby Portses, they're not going to do it as good as they are. And they're probably as good as every other player or better that's played in the World Cup. But that chemistry, and you've got to think all these other countries, they actually have um, a great chemistry from playing club level all the way through because mm. you don't have this huge juggernaut that's the NBA and the college system. Mm. Um, which feeds through to their national teams and you have consistency you have um like a, a real hierarchy of players you know you know uh, and their national teams yeah. have often played together for years yeah. since youth level and the, the systems like you say are quite mm-hmm. often the same as well so they'll play the the same systems at youth level that they will you know at their top level yeah. therefore everybody knows what they're doing so if people aren't playing that's why you see so many teams that even when the stars were out um, you know, like, like like we saw, um, you know, with the with the final, like with Serbia, you know, for example, they're missing stars, yeah. but they still get to the final. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because some people can come in and do a job, like because they're they're all um, kind of put in these positions to be able to get the best out of them. Mm. And I don't think yeah. Team USA played like that. No, uh, let's not forget when you when you do national league uh, national team training, you'll have 25, 30 players, mm. and then you narrow it down. But the pool for USA is huge. It's any NBA player, whereas there isn't. There'll be 30 players for any other country 
and you pick them and those other ones are still involved they're still doing the training they're still doing all this and that like they're whether they don't play for four or five years they're still there doing those things and i think that's the that's the most important thing that shines out i mean a lot of the games were really really close uh, like canada i think all their games were close germany all their games were close but they won those games because they're a team yeah. uh, and that's the most important thing and i think the one thing that stood out for me i looked at some of the um uh, the scoring stats and it, out of the top 15 there's 11 nba players in the top 15 of scoring only one is on team usa and uh, you know team usa they've got to have the big scorers to win because mm. they don't have the chemistry they don't have that that underlying team ethos they've got to go put some points on the board you got to get you know Melo out there you got to get kd you got to get lebron <laughs> But they haven't got that. And for 11, 11 guys and Anthony Edwards, he was 15th, you know, and we thought he had a breakout. But you look at it in the bubble, it's like, he was just the best player on Team USA. He's not had a breakout. He's not a bright spot. He was just the only yeah. one who could put the ball in the basket. Because actually, like, some of the people we thought were going to be really good, like Bridges was really mm. pretty disappointing. Brunson was yeah. really disappointing. Um, Jaron Jackson was really disappointing. Cam Johnson hardly played. Some of the rotations I thought were weird, mm. like people weren't even getting a look in when they'd evidently gone there to, you know, to contribute. Yeah, I think um, I think the whole thing was just a little bit bizarre, isn't it? I think um, the, the one thing I want to see from Team USA, because I suppose as as like us here in the UK, like we're never really involved in any of these sort of like big um, kind of tournaments and things like this. So as NBA fans, it's almost Commonwealth like, only. Just say, I was just say never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to be a little Commonwealth. I want to be a little bit kind of optimistic at some point in our, in our lives, but it's almost like as as UK NBA fans, you do end up kind of almost taking on Team USA to a certain degree because you are fans of these players that play for your team, and it, it, you want to see, I suppose, to a certain degree, your team players playing well because that then translates over to the NBA league right I really just hope after this when inevitably Team USA come back with the most star-studded team they possibly can where you have someone like Joel Embiid declaring for the US and you've got kind of KD and Steph and LeBron saying that they're all going to come back and play like if you if you went down the list of the top 30 players in the NBA um, any US player want is in that top 30 now wants to play for team usa i just hope after that they take it seriously i just hope that after this it's not a okay right we've come back we've won gold we've destroyed the olympics now none of us big players care about it again because this is just going to happen it, it seems like have the us not learned that this is why they had the dream team in the first place. And this is why they had the redeem team. And this is now why, however many years later, they're now having to have this Olympic team that's going to come out all guns blazing. Like, are we going to be talking about this in another 10 years time when they've bodged another tournament and the, the stars of the time and then having to come out and save them? Like, just learn, learn that you're not the kings of basketball anymore. Like you can be, but you have to take it seriously. Yeah, it's a worldwide sport. And... Exactly and people everyone wants to beat usa as well that's a massive thing like they've got an else on their back in every single game and people will do whatever it takes to beat them um shout out canada because i thought they were really good really fun and germany were awesome like germany serbia felt like the right final um to me and i'm really pleased that germany won because um that's a team with a few nba players but nobody great 
you know, like the best best players are Schroeder, the Wagner brothers, and you know Daniel Tice. Like that, that's that. Those guys are coming off the bench for NBA teams. Or, or fair enough, the the Wagners are starting, but on a terrible team, and they're young guys. But they they really put the team on their shoulders. They buy into everything, and I think they're well deserved winners. Um, to end this, just thinking about next summer, you guys talked about the pool of players that are available. What would be your twelve? would be the team that you take because allegedly at the moment all the stars want to play and there's not going to be enough um you know places for everybody you can only take 12 so just to go back and forth if we were to to pick one each in a bit of a round robin who would uh who would your your team be let's try and put something together you go first wardy let's uh, go and bead because you know he he'd, he'd be a number one pick yeah yeah he's, he's he's gonna be american so let's let's throw him straight in pride of place not at the top all right, so we've got Embiid coming in with our with our first Matt Sibley. It's got to be as much as everyone probably thinks I'm going to say LeBron. I'm sure one of us will pick him, but I'm going to go Steph. We've got to go the best point guards in mm-hmm. the in the world. Surely he's got to be on the team. Yeah. Okay. So Embiid, Steph. Um, I'll go with LeBron because it'd be his last last Olympics for sure, yep. won't it? And uh, I think that'd be pretty, pretty cool to to have him there. Oh, uh, give me Dame. Ooh. They'd be rejuvenated, yeah. ready to prove something. Okay. Yeah. Well, we've got to have KD at some stage, haven't we? So I might as well throw KD in the mix there. Yeah, I like that. This is where it gets a bit more interesting now, isn't it? Because this is where we've got to sort of fill the, the roster out a little bit. Yep. Um, I'll, I'll go with Jason Tatum because he's, you know, one of the top players in the in the league at the moment. All right. Okay. Uh, I was, I was, that, that was going to be my next pick. Let me just rack my brains of who, who else is out there. Um, who have we missed? Oh, Booker. Give me Booker. Oh, getting Booker in there. Book. It was yeah, yeah. Can we book? probably the best two guard in the league? Yeah. Um, I mean, surely if LeBron's there, you have to have AD as well, right? So I throw AD in there. <laughs> yeah, I like that pick, and I'll round out the bigs with taking Bam as Ooh, well, because like then I think, yeah, I think then we've got uh, AD, Bam, and Embiid. That's three really good bigs that all offer something different. How many are we on now? Is that nine? That is nine. So we've got one more uh, each. God, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Paul George. Yeah, yeah, I like that. still yes. give it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And there's some great fishing in. Uh, <laughs> where's the Olympic in Paris? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some great obviously. fishing spots in Paris. No, well, not in Paris, but in France. <laughs> in hey, France, in France yeah, yeah. big carp yeah. in France. Paul George can fill his boots. He'd be loving life. <laughs> All right, this does. This actually is where it starts getting really hard. Um, I feel like we've only got two guards, haven't we, at the minute? In Steph and Dame, really. I know you can kind of argue. And book. Oh, I'm book. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess PG would play two. Two. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just. I'm gonna say probably not the most favourite in the world, but let's just throw Draymond in there. Why not? And I've yeah. just said guards and then got Draymond, but he's gonna want to be there, isn't he? Yeah, I think Dre's a is a pretty solid, pretty solid pick. Um, I'm a little worried about guards as well. <laughs> Actually, just looking at that. Um. Drew Holiday has played well. He's a lot of people say, yeah, there's a lot of things going on at the minute saying that they really want him to declare for it or they really want him to play. We've probably got um, Bradley Beal if we need some more offense. Donovan Mitchell. Bradley Beal was was the one that came to mind and I almost said Beal. I was also almost very tempted to say 
CP just because of the fact that you said earlier it's going to be LeBron's no. last. This is going to be. I know he's not the best pick in the world, but this surely has to be no, CP's no, no, last no. Olympics as well, doesn't it's it? A, have we have we just totally smoothed over the fact that Kyrie is still out there? Yeah, that's oh, true. That's true. Damn. And we can't take. Um, there's no way we can take. Uh, CP ahead of Kyrie, and also yeah. like when we if we've got Steph and Dame already, we definitely can't take CP. Anthony Edwards, we just said he was the best player mm. from the current team. We be like Christian Leitner. <laughs> Anthony Edwards, was a bit harsh, mate. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Ooh. that would be like Chet. That would be taking Chet, <laughs> Christian Leitner, or like AD was in the 2012 Olympics when yeah, he, exactly. he hadn't, yeah he wasn't quite in the NBA yet. Um, but since it's my pick, I'm going to choose who I'm of course, <laughs> yeah. actually. So I, I'd go with Drew because he isn't going to care that much. He's not a diva. He's not going to care that much if he doesn't play that much. Um, he's won it. Uh, won the um, was it the Olympics or the World Cup Championships that he won before? I think I it was the World it. Cup, yeah, or World Championships, yeah. wherever it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he'll bring a defensive presence as well. So yeah, I'll go with um, with Drew. So that's. Embiid, Steph, LeBron, Dame, KD, Jason Tatum, Book, AD, Bam, Paul George, Draymond, and Drew Holiday. That that is some team. He's doing all right, isn't he? It'd be interesting to see how many of those go when we have a look at this in uh, eight or nine months' time. Oh yeah, so here we go. There's our. I know we were saying we were going to do all our predictions um, next episodes. There's, there's basically a prediction there, isn't it? Let's see what we'll our... lock that in. Wow, we got. We'll, we'll lock that in as our twelve. Super deep on that prediction. I know. Well, let's, <laughs> let's see. Hey, Woody, we're normally good at predictions, aren't we? So it makes sense for us to predict twelve players. We surely we're going to get all of them right. Yeah, and also it's so it's so far in the future that no one will remember if we get it wrong. <laughs> we nobody <laughs> mentioned Kawhi. Right. Uh, he'll be injured. It's fine. Yeah, that was my thing. He pops yeah. into my head, but he'll be mm. injured. He won't want to play. No. Yeah, and I, I don't know if Kyrie would want to play either. Although he does seem to be having fun again. Like this, the, he, the Kyrie he's, we've he's seen in his summer. In. Kyrie's Kyrie throwing his name in. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I think out of all the stars in the league, Kawhi will be the only person that doesn't throw his name in, and it's purely because of the fact that he barely wants to play 82 as it is, let alone on his time <laughs> off. He's, hang on a minute, it's my time off and you want me to play more games. No, thank you. Yeah. Whereas so, most yeah. of them see the opportunity to win an Olympic medal, to go to Paris, mm-hmm. they would see that as good for their branding. Like Kawhi's no. like, nah, mate. Not for any of that. He just wants to chill out. Well, yeah, I think I think with that, that's probably a good little summary. I think we've covered absolutely everything we possibly can do over the summer. But I think hopefully we've been able to have a, a nice little summary, and it also leads us nicely into next week's episodes where we talk through uh, some of our pre-season predictions. So next uh, next week's episode will be coming out on the first day of the NBA season, which I'm sure everyone has marked in their calendars and is really really looking forward to. Uh, but for now, all I will say is thank you for listening to the Hoops and Recreation podcast remember if you like this episode leave us a five-star rating and review and share the podcast with your friends and family make sure you follow at sneakers and recreation on instagram to keep up to date with all things hoops and recreation and until next time guys goodbye